Hi, my name is Sue N. And I am, I have six months and that's what you need to qualify. I live in Phoenix where it has been very, very hot. Um, but I wanted to uh, just share my story. It's been a little while since I've done that. Uh, I came from a home of a lot of angry, mean people. Uh, a lot of people that were would pick fights, uh, a lot of cussing. You would have thought we were sailors at my, and what's weird is I, I rarely, I never, I think I cuss at my son maybe once a year. I accidentally say a word to him that I shouldn't be saying. I, I just don't live that way anymore. That doesn't even feel right. But at the time that was so normal, you know, a lot of slamming of doors, a lot of slapping, like I never got the crap beat out of myself, but a lot of slapping. Um, so I came from a very angry home and a home that did that never talked emotions. Um, I'll get the numbers out of the way. I've only lost like 20 something pounds so far. I've got six months. Um, I'm very sedentary. I have a lot of health issues, but I have worked the steps diligently many times. And um, the person I am today does not even resemble the person I am when I'm not in program. I've been in OA for 32 years. I've been 34 years sober. And I will say that when I'm not in program, I am not a nice person. When I'm not in program, when I'm in relapse and I'm eating all my red light food, I am angry, I am moody, I am uh, very cynical, very cynical, I, I, very, just very negative, very bitchy. You know, the person that I am when I'm in the food is just not a lovely, you know, it says in the big book, an alcoholic in their cups is an unlovely, an unlovely person. Well, that's me. And I get that. And where, where food's concerned, I am the gutter drunk where food's concerned. My very top weight a decade ago was 425. And at the moment I weigh 373. Um, and I'm still working on it, but I am so sedentary. It's, it's rough. It's really, it's a lot rougher than it used to be when I would get abstinent. And I was such an, a more active person. I did a lot of, I went a lot of places. I was very, I, I did a lot of walking whole lot of stuff, you know, but, um, and I've done many, I've done probably eight, fourth and no, I've had, I've done 24th and fifth and I've gone through the amends process maybe eight times. And, and you know, it's very funny because no one has actually made an amends to me, <laughs> but we're not here for that. I've had people do living amends towards me, but, um, I've made a lot of amends and, I need to, because if my side of the street isn't clean, I'm not going to feel good about myself. I'm not going to project a good, positive person. It's, you know, and so I, so I came to OA 32 years ago. And at that point, I was a couple years sober. And I'm going to tell you, first came to program, I could not talk about feelings. I could not tell you what I was feeling. 
I couldn't use any examples of what I was feeling because I didn't know what a feeling was really. I just knew anger. In my home, the attitude was, you know we love you, knock it off. You know, and that's that's the way it was, you know. If you, you know, if you want something to cry about, we'll give you something to cry about, was kind of the attitude of the home I lived in. And so I came here and I learned how to be a person. I learned how to have respectful conversations with people. I learned how to listen to another person's point of view, how to respect people and how to respect myself. Even though I'm not where I want to be at this moment, I, you know, it is amazing. A, I'm going to be 60 in a couple months. And the fact that I'm alive is because in OA, I've had a lot of different relapses. Because in the past, I wouldn't stay current with my 10, 11, and 12. And that's where the rubber meets the road. I would always work the first eight steps, nine steps, diligently. Somewhere I would relapse, somewhere between seven and 12, I would relapse. Uh, And I wouldn't keep my 10 steps up. And that's so important because my 10th step is where I get to clean up my side of the street. I get to see what my side is. I get to make amends where necessary. And that's the stuff I would eat over was a lot of times I ate over my own behavior and my inability to live with myself was a lot of what I ate over, you know, and I come from a a lot of shame. And so when you, when you're a shame based person, you feel like you don't have a character defect. You are a character defect, you know, and I remember just feeling so bad about myself and hating myself and the kind of self-talk I used to have in my head years ago, the the self-talk I had, I'm telling you, if any other person talked to you the way my head talked to me, you would never speak to that person again. You would never want to talk to, because it was horrible the way I would talk to myself. Like I'd have a conversation with people and then I'd go repeat the conversation in my head 40 times and shame myself that I didn't handle that conversation better. And that living like that is so horrific to feel horrible about yourself all the time. And, and, you know, I've had many abstinences and and I know for a fact I'd be dead if I hadn't had any, even if my road has not been smooth. I would be dead today without program because, you know, I've, I had four and a half years once. I had two and a half years once. I've had a year many times, um, you know, and for today I've got six months and I'm starting to do chair exercises. Um, I got a little derailed because I can't handle summer very well. I have a lot of breathing issues and I really don't handle the summer months very well and I live in Phoenix so that doesn't help (laughs) so I'm doing chair exercises I'm starting to strengthen my core and you know I can walk in and out of places that don't need a lot of walking I use my walker Um, but I'll tell you that if I had not kept coming back I would not be alive I probably would have died a decade ago 
easily. I have congestive heart failure. I have um, COPD. And yet, though, I recently had a heart catheter done at the hospital, and none of my arteries are clogged. And that's part of pro. That's because of program. Because the way I eat when I'm in deep relapse, which I haven't been in deep relapse for over three years, as far as binging or eating sugar products, eating dessert, et cetera. I haven't done those things in a little over three years. My, all my arteries were clear, and I'm 59 with a lifetime of being a compulsive overeater, not always in, obviously not always in the disease. But the fact that my arteries were, were all clear, uh, my A1C now is a 7, and I've had it as high as a 12.7. I mean, that right, my last one was like a 7.3, and literally I've had it as high as a 12.7. And how, how the, God decided to just keep me going, obviously I'm not done. Whatever things I'm doing in this lifetime, I'm not through. You know you're through when you stop breathing. Then you're through. You know, and obviously I have things to do. And I try to model being a loving person to the people in my life. I try to model. I tell everybody that is in my life that I love them. And, you know, sometimes they seem kind of taken aback. When I'm ending a conversation, I say, I love you. And, but because you don't know how long you have. And I want to make sure that anybody in my life knows that I love them. You know, and as far as pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization, I have some stories I've told before. Uh, One was being at Disneyland and my husband, my ex-husband, had taken the kids to a different section of the park. And I was going on the Haunted Mansion ride. And to get off the Haunted Mansion ride, you have to go through turnstiles. And I saw the turnstiles, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't go through those. And I had to plaster myself up against the wall and let people go by and go through the turnstiles. And I kept looking at the faces of people because I was looking for someone that looked kind so that I could tell them to please get somebody that works here for me, tell them I'm here. Um, because I didn't want to be made fun of. And I knew telling a person I can't go through the turnstile would be so embarrassing. And they had to turn the ride off. And for 10 minutes, the ride did not move as they moved everybody that was behind me out of my way so that I could get back on the ride and ride it to the front where they load the people onto the ride. And everybody looking at me like, you're why we haven't moved in 10 minutes. You know, do you hear about the walk of shame? Well, this was a different, different twist to the walk of shame. As I'm walking past everybody who, who realizes I held the ride up. And, you know, and I've broken couches. I've broken toilet seats. I mean, it, it's just on and on, you know, the pitiful, you know, having to make people who really love sitting in booths sit in regular chairs at restaurants because the booth is too tight and no knowing that they're not thrilled because they like booths. But, you know, my, my 
friend, I live with one of my best friends and I live with my son. And both of them are like, you have changed so much in this abstinence. I can really see the changes in you. And they would know because they are, they see me every day. You know, my son, he's 23. He's a manager at a McDonald's. You know, he sees me. My friend sees me. My, the friend I live with, we've been friends since we were 12. So, um, you know, and the steps that really change my world are 10, 11, and 12. Now, I always did service in every abstinence, always. You know, when I used to go to face-to-face meetings, I'd lug that literature around, or I would do some other form of service. I've always been of service. I'm a firm believer in giving back. But, you know, 10 and 11, they are, it is so easy for me to flake on those. You know, be, oh, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. And the fact is, it's that little, it's that day-to-day 10-step stuff that keeps me sick, that makes me sick. Because that's the stuff where I've got to get real with who I am at this minute. I can write a fearless and thorough moral inventory. I've done 20 of them. I've done big book style. At least half of them were that. I, I've done the ones where the they have 177 questions about childhood, adolescence, and adult. I think those originated with how or ACA. I'm not sure. But anyway, I've done that inventory. I've done uh, the, one in the, the one in the 12 and 12 I've done. Um, But the big book one is the one that gives me freedom. When I sponsor, I sponsor out of the big book because the big book is where it looks at my part. And I'm not going to feel free if I'm reveling in your part. If I'm enjoying repeating again and again and again what so-and-so did to me. And I'm not going to say I never do that. But when I do that, that just keeps me in the problem. If I'm busy blaming you, I'm not looking at, well, what did I do to help turn this bus around? You know, what did I do to help this situation become toxic to, you know, you know, they, it talks about in the big book, I stepped on the toe. We step on the toes of others and then they retaliate seemingly without provocation. Well, if I think back, I did something months ago that annoyed that person and put them in a position to now be doing whatever I imagine. And, and these days, my inventories are like 10 people. Like, they're really Five short. Five minutes. Oh, thank you. They're, they're really short now. My first inventory was two inches thick. Back then, I worked on that thing for eight months. It was so friggin' long. But, you know, for today, and I find by doing a lot of fourth steps, you don't have so much to do each time. Um. And a lot of the fear, I, I've always been a fear-based person. Things scare me. Life scares me. But, you know, if I trust God and clean house and help others, like, you know, that's what, that's what my first sponsor used to say to me back when I got sober 34 years ago. Trust God, clean house, help others. And, and I do know that that's really where the magic happens. You know, as long as I'm trying to run the show as long as I'm trying to manipulate the world to look more like what I want 
the worse it gets. Because, you know, if I was a good God, I never would have gotten up to 425 a decade ago. I wouldn't still be struggling to get weight off at this at this point in my life, you know, I would be a normal body weight, but my will is, is to, you know, well, my, my, if I did my will, I'd weigh 600 pounds flat out. I'm that person. I'm the person that would get up to 600 pounds, you know, um, because that's just how deep my disease goes. I'm a very addictive person, you know, and I'll just tell another story and I'll wrap up. I can remember being on the freeway and a, I was eating a box of something sweet and one rolled on the floor. I still had at least 10 in the pack, but I'm on the freeway reaching down on the passenger floor trying desperately to get that one, risking my life, risking the lives of anyone around me. All it would have taken is one veering to one side or another and we'd you know who knows who I would have killed for that one sweet thing but sugar to me is like crack desserts sugars that stuff I become crazed crazed and when I'm on the sugar when I'm on my red light foods people do not matter to me food matters to me people are an annoyance that I must endure till I can eat again. And I don't want that life back. I really don't want that. And I have an amazing sponsor and she's helping me with my spiritual walk. And I'm grateful. And I want to tell you all, I just love you all so much. You know, all the people that show up and make this meeting happen. And my name is Sue N. My number is 562-335-3355.